The AMA Moving Medicine podcast highlights innovation and emerging issues that impact physicians and patients today. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's Moving Medicine video and podcast. Today, we're joined by Dr. Cameron Lee, whose pronouns are she and her. Dr. Lee is a fellowship-trained, minimally invasive gynecologic surgeon and a founder of a new consultancy called Radically Inclusive Consulting Collective in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. She's also a member of the inaugural cohort of the Medical Justice in Advocacy 2021-22 Fellowship, which is a joint venture of the AMA and the Satcher Health Leadership Institute. Today, Dr. Lee will discuss what physicians need to know about providing gender-affirming care for their patients. I'm Todd Unger. My pronouns are he and him, and I'm the AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you said that transgender and gender non-binary issues often get lost in the larger LGBTQ conversation. Um, so let's just start by talking about some of the unique challenges that this, this population encounters that physicians should be aware of. Thank you for having me, Todd. Um, there are many challenges, and, and I can think of maybe uh, five um, right off the bat. Um, uh, trans people uh, encounter poor physician education. Um, nothing worse than sensing a doctor's discomfort and poor confidence when you're sitting in an exam room um, and then having to educate the doctor about yourself. It's a, it's a terrible feeling. Um, poor insurance coverage for gender-affirming medications and surgeries. Uh, too often in our community, folks are self-medicating um, um, from hormones bought on the black market or in other countries. Um, that's especially true for trans feminine folks who um, may want to use uh, non-medical grade uh, materials for body contouring. Um, that uh, is another big problem in the community. Um, violence, um, the question that's supposed to be asked at every visit, um, often that doctors skip because of time pressure, do you feel safe? in your home and in your surroundings, so that should always be asked. In our community, sometimes, a lot of the times, the answer is, is no. Um, politics and the miseducation of politicians. Um, we've seen that happen, especially this year with trans and gender non-binary uh, youth um, very, being very vulnerable from political attacks, especially from the right. Um, and number five uh, hits, hits me uh, very closely, and that's the the killing of trans folks, trans women, especially black trans women. Last year, over 50 murders were recorded in the United States, according to the Human Rights Campaign, and the overwhelming majority every year are black trans women. All the more reason for you to ask us how we're doing when you see us, not just physically, but what's happening at home, what's happening here. Those are some pretty big questions and issues. Mm -hmm. You know, what would you like your physician colleagues to know about the experience of transgender patients who, who receive phys uh, care from physicians who, you know, don't have the training or education to treat them and deal with what you just brought up? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, I would encourage everybody to uh, to try to learn more. I mean, we learn about everything else in continuing medical education, and although there may not be as much info out there about LGBTQ communities and especially trans folks, it is there. Um, but I would say to remember, to my colleagues, remember that a significant number of us suffer from gender dysphoria, from depression and anxiety. Um, studies suggest that 40% of us have attempted suicide and over 80% of us um, have thought about doing so. So, um, and the youth are especially vulnerable. So in your oath, you promise to do your best to do no harm. So in doing so, educate yourself. And if you don't know, ask. The AMA has done some uh, some trans and gender non-conforming 101 um, uh, CME courses and programs. Um, and so uh, educate yourself. Kind of to that end, I think what you're mm -hmm. implying a little bit is that for someone that really wants to deepen their understanding, they're kind of on their own to seek out those learning experiences and those resources. How, how do we change that? Really, Todd, the change has to come from medical education early on. It's difficult for any of us to, to learn things after we finish our training, just because of how busy we are, because of the nuances of practicing, whatever else. But um, just like everything else that we've learned, uh, a lot of it happens in medical school in the first couple years, during the clinical years. Um, and that's where the initial change needs to happen. It should happen a little bit more downstream too, in terms of residency programs and board certification. But the the problem really lies in getting educated early. And if and if we're not doing that early, then we're more unlikely to be able to, to catch up later. Dr. Lee, I'm not sure if I'm going to ask this question correctly, but um, how often would a physician expect to uh, encounter a transgender patient in their practice? And is that something that, that is changing? Medicine doesn't stand still. And at the AMA, neither do we. AMA members are physicians like you who are shaping the future of medicine. Become a member today and join the movement. Visit ama-assn.org slash movingmedicine. Studies um, and data from the U.S. Census Bureau and some of their um, household pulse surveys, <clears throat> excuse me, over the last year um, suggest that 1% of the population is transgender or gender diverse. That is about 2 million people. So all of us in medicine are going to see trans folks. Um, you have to be prepared to see us. Some of us will talk about our being trans up front. Um, some may not because we're afraid of how you're going to react. Um, and so, again, educationally, it's up to you. There's 2 million people. You're, you're going to come across us and, and 
the emergency room, um, in your office, um, on your operating table. Uh, so the the responsibility is is still yours to be able to learn um, um, just some of the some of the basic things first. And again, if you don't know, ask. And there are people to ask. There are organizations to join. Um, but we want you to be prepared to see us and see us for who we are. Well, that that issue of preparation then it's it's an urgent one. And as a black transgender woman who is also a physician, you have a really unique perspective to bring in this conversation. What, what would you like to share about navigating these issues personally and how has that informed your work in this area? Yeah, Todd, that, that is, um, that, that question um, hits home. Um, I mean, I, I'm a physician, so I understand the the details and and intricacies of our inefficient system of healthcare. Um, so, if I have problems navigating the system, which I have, finding educated providers, uh, finding you know those who who understand what it means to be gender diverse, um, uh, problems with uh, the miseducation of insurance conglomerates then my trans and non-binary siblings definitely do. In terms of my um, being black, every week when I'm informed of the death of a black trans woman, um, a couple in Chicago recently, um, maybe Atlanta, rural North Carolina, um, Texas, I remind people that for me, my degrees in education don't matter. I'm not wearing those on my back when I'm going to Walmart. So that credibility isn't bulletproof. And if it's not for me, it's not for any of my sisters either. Um, all the more reason for you to make sure you ask, you know, how are you really doing? You know, when you find one of us, um, sitting on a on an exam table in your office, but for now I've been given a, a, a uh, have earned an education and therefore been given a platform. And so, one way or the other, I'll figure out how to use it to be able to get the message out on behalf of those who don't have the ability to get the message out. Dr. Lee, you know you have been a kind of a sometimes a singular voice. In this particular discussion, how do we bring uh, more voices, uh, particularly those who have traditionally been pushed to the margins in this conversation? I don't think of myself as a singular voice at all. Um, uh, there are voices. Uh, I may be on on a in a strange place in terms of my education and intersections, but voices are all around, and many already have the platform. Uh, there are others like me who are looking to find the platform. People who are pushed to the margins of society, uh, we always have something to say. Um, it's about people opening their hearts and their minds to listen to what we have to say. Um, this isn't the tree that's falling in the forest that may not make a noise if no one is around to hear it. The trees are falling. and millions of people around to see and, and 
hear them fall, you know, open your eyes and take out your earplugs. You know, um, you know, we're, we're here. The voices are here. Um, do you want to hear us? Do you believe us? Um, or are you going to hang on to what you thought that you knew um, about us, which is probably not right? Dr. Lee, what role would you like to see the AMA or other organizations in medicine play in bringing about change? The AMA um, Center for Health Equity has done an amazing job in its three years of existence. Progress has been made on helping physicians understand the concepts of uh, equity and justice, um, the organizational uh, strategic plan, um, is uh, is now in its second year, a, a guide to language and uh, narrative and concepts um, to help us better communicate about these issues is available. Um, I'm one of 12 fellows in the Medical Justice and Advocacy Fellowship established this year. So all of these things are significant and can help make the AMA be the authoritative voice on health equity, you know, as it should be. Um, most organizations lose sight of the very specific needs and issues that face gender diverse folks and folks in our LGBTQ plus alphabet soup. Um, some people in the community uh, live live different lives um, and are on on uh, different ends of the of the spectrum. Um, and that in itself um, can sometimes make organizations focus on the entire acronym and forget the, the T. Um, so organizations in medicine not only need to consider the entire community as a whole, LGBTQ+, but remember that the experiences of the T folks is, is markedly different than the LGB folks. And so I'd like to see other organizations, including the AMA, recognize that and, and make sure that uh, the, the greater community in medicine is aware of the inequities that uh, we face as a very specific community. Well, Dr. Lee, uh, thank you so much for being here today and sharing mm -hmm. your expertise Absolutely. and your experience on this important topic. That's it for today's Moving Medicine episode. We'll be back soon with another video and podcast. Don't miss any more episodes. Make sure you click subscribe on AMA's YouTube channel, Apple, Spotify, mm -hmm. or wherever you listen to your podcast. And you can find all of them at ama-assn.org slash podcast. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Please take care. This has been Moving Medicine, a podcast by the American Medical Association. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. I'm Todd Unger, and this is Moving Medicine.